Well, good morning, everybody. So glad that we could be together. Um, it's such an honor to be able to speak to you this morning. I appreciate our new pastors giving me an opportunity to share the word. I love to speak out of God's word to you. Um, I believe that we can all relate to this. Uh, probably a lot of us can relate to this um, the series that we're doing. on. It's called Facing Fear. And a lot of us uh, have been dealing with anxiety and fear all through this uh, COVID season. I'm glad for the most part it's behind us now. Um, and uh, yeah, I got a few amens. Anyone else glad that for the most part it's behind us? My wife and I actually caught COVID and, and discovered that this new variant isn't quite so bad, uh, at least for most people. I know that there's some sad stories out there still and so it matters, uh, and what we do pray, and, and we do want God to give us freedom from fear. And if you have been experiencing uh, fear in your life and anxiety, uh, that, that's why we're doing this. We're doing this to try to, um, to help you and to try to bring truth into our, all of our lives. I, I, I shared this last week, uh, this little story about uh, these, these two guys that were walking after uh, Jesus was crucified. It was actually the, the day he rose from the dead. They were walking from Jerusalem out, to, uh, out of town to a little village outside of town back in the day. And Jesus kind of was able to hide himself somehow. I don't even know how, but he was because he was able to do stuff. And, and they were walking, and then they said, they made a comment after this, you know, the story. I don't, won't tell the whole story, but Jesus had been talking to them from the scriptures. And what they said to each other was, didn't our hearts burn within us when he opened the scriptures to us? And I believe that there is something that God wants to do in your life and in mine today, that God wants to open the scriptures to you. And, and I think for, for all of us, we have a part to play in that. Uh, we have, it, like in the parable of the soils, we have to open our hearts to receive God's word. And if you're struggling with, uh, without, without hope, maybe you've been struggling with anxiety, maybe you're here online and you're, you're watching us and you have anxiety and, and that's been a battle for you, I want to encourage you that there's hope for us to be free from fear. And that is why we're doing this whole series. Now, today's message is on facing finances, uh, facing the fear of lack. I wonder if there's anybody else but me who has ever wondered and felt like, you know, maybe there's too much month left at the end of the money. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know how. Anyone else uh, have ever felt that way? You know, if you raise your, if you don't raise your hand, partly it could be because you got just way too much money, but it's likely you just don't want to raise your hand. But you know, when I ask you to do that, there, it's for a reason because we want to have our hearts open, not to me. I don't need particularly, you know, your response, but I do, I do pray that God will touch your heart, and we need our hearts to be open. And and so let me just uh, let me just dive right in here. Now, what, what I'm going to be doing here this morning, um, I'm going to read a fairly long portion of Scripture, 
uh, from Matthew and from Luke. Then we're going to pray. And then we're going to uh, share, we're going to talk about a story from Elijah. And, and then uh, we're going to kind of walk through the scriptures a little bit. And then I've got, I've literally got five points that will make this practical. We're all going to do that in, in 10 minutes' time. It's going to be great. No, it's not going to be 10 minutes, it, but I'm going to do my best not to keep you too long here this morning. I just believe that God has something for us here today. Amen. I'm going to say that again in case, in case anybody else wants to say amen. I just believe that God has something for us here today. Let's receive it. Okay, so we're going to dive right in here. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to dive right in here to Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is uh, on, on the mount, on the mountain. It's the Sermon on the Mount. You've probably heard that before. And right off the bat, Jesus is, is saying, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. And, you know, I, I was going to listen to it and I forgot, but there's this, there's this reggae song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. And, and you know, that thing is based on just don't worry, be happy, take some drugs or whatever it is that they're doing. But we have a reason. We have a reasonable expectation and a reasonable response to what Jesus is saying here today. This isn't just like pie in the sky. This is something very real for our lives. Amen. So that's why Jesus says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what shall we eat and what shall we drink, what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Now a parallel passage in Luke here. We're going to jump into the rest of this uh, scripture here. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything that you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need, and this will be an investment in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes, and your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it, no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, their desires of your heart will also be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this message that we have here today. Uh, I believe most everybody can relate to this. But, Lord, you have an answer to our worries and our fears. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm okay. Thank you. Thank you, Dwight. 
Wright was offering me a, cu a cup of water in Jesus' name, so he'll get, he'll get a pastor's reward now. So that's good. Uh, <clears throat> you know, years before Jesus walked the earth, uh, there was the prophet Elijah, and you probably remember him for things like calling down fire from heaven and, and all, all kinds of stories. But before all that happened, there was so much sin in the land, God, he was a prophet, and so the Lord spoke to him, and he made it a proclamation that there would not be rain for years, and there would be a drought. And, of course, it was an agricultural-based economy. It was very difficult times. And uh, so Elijah, you know, God told him, go and, and, and hide in this brook, which was a tributary to the Jordan River. And he lived there for a long time until it dried up. And then God said, I want you to go to the land of Azarephath. Now, that was not in Israel. That was actually um, in a very sort of a ungodly area, halfway, or not halfway, but in between Tyre and Sidon. And that is, uh, that is where Phoenicia was. And um, <clears throat> it was a, a very sort of evil place. In fact, you may have heard the name Jezebel, and she's part of the story of Elijah. Jezebel was from that area. Her dad was the priest uh, of Baal and other gods in that whole region. He was very, very well known. And so that's where Jezebel was from. But God told Elijah, go there to Zarephath. And there is a woman who I've, I've told that is going to look after you. And uh, she had, I believe she had a husband and or maybe, no, she was a widow, but she had a son that lived there with her. And so th that's where he went. And so I don't know how long, how long it, got, it took him to get there. And, um, and so he, he walked into town, and, and there she was gathering sticks to make a fire to make the very last sort of, she only had like a handful of, of flour left to make, a, make a, the last bit of bread for her and her son. And then she was thinking, well, this is going to be it because I'm out of everything and there's, there's nothing here. It's, it's been a drought. Yeah, the economy was, was gone. You know, there was no welfare system. And, and so she was expecting that she was going to die. And so we break into the story and Elijah said, listen, don't be afraid to go and make this, this loaf of this bit of bread. And, and I want you to give me, me some. I want you to give me some water and give me some bread first, and do just what you've said, and, and then what, use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself. And this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. That's quite a, that's quite a, a, a promise. And, and so that actually happened. And there's, there's more to the story that you can take a look at in 1 Kings 17. But he said, listen, don't be afraid. And this was a message from the Lord. You know, don't be afraid to, to give Elijah uh, some, some food. And don't be afraid. I'm going to look after you, you and your son. And so that is, a, that is a good lesson for us as well, that we should realize that God has our back. Now, one of the things that I've discovered, excuse me, in my life, is that when I look forward, sometimes... I have no idea how things will work out. But when I look back, I see the hand of God through the good times, through the hard times, and I know that God has been looking after me. Put him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and all 
his righteousness and then all the other things will will fall into place so if we're going to just going to walk through here a little bit with on in uh, the book of uh, matthew chapter 6 come back there to this uh, these scriptures jesus said listen i'm telling you do not worry and uh, he wants us to be people who actually think about life he's not saying don't worry be happy and you know have some have some weed and everything will be fine or not but he's actually saying i've got some reason here for you i've got i've got something that you can you know you, you can actually depend on here and he says evaluate the first thing he says is in verse 25 evaluate this is not life more than food and the body more than clothing well it <laughs> Especially, it's difficult when you don't feel like you have food or clothing, and you wonder if maybe life isn't <laughs> there. But the truth is, even the most poor in the world realize that life is more than food and clothing. And you, you probably have heard this and maybe seen it with your own eyes, that in the poorer areas of the world, happiness is there just like it is here. People are happy even in poverty. They're still happy because they have more that they consider more important things to consider. And so they, we, we are meant to be evaluating these things. And we need to have our, our you know, thinking hats on and you know, we don't leave, check our brains at the door with Jesus. He says, I want you to notice something here. I want you to realize something here. Uh, notice this. He says, uh, look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And so, you know, we realize that in the annual kingdom, at the animal kingdom, that, that there are lots of uh, things that happen. But for the most part, they, they live their life, and they, they have their, their course of life, and they find their food, and, and uh, they're, able to, they're able to function because our loving heavenly Father. And, and then, of course, think about, think about what you are worth. And now some people might say, well, we're not any more important than the animals. I, I tend to disagree with that for a lot of reasons. But um, I, I, won't, I won't go there in case we have, you know, have people that feel like, well, we're all the same because we're not. Uh, but I'm just going to leave it there. But think about your value as a person. Think about who you are as a person. And, and are, if you compare yourself to a sparrow, you know, if it's, if it's him or me, I'm taking me. <laughs> Just saying. I, 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 think, I think I'm worth more than, than a sparrow. And, and it makes sense. It, it makes perfect sense. Verse 27, Jesus is talking logically here. He's saying, which of you, by worrying, can add one uh, cubit? A cubit is the distance between your fingertip and your elbow. And, and so uh, that was their, one of their measures. And um, if you, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his height or his stature? Why do you worry about clothing? And it's been said that worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't take you anywhere. And so we, we, we don't want to be people that just in rocking chairs where we want to have some purpose in our life. And then there's another place where Jesus, just carrying on here in the scriptures, verse 28, notice this, he says, consider, think about, watch the lilies of the field, how they grow. 
They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And I, I was thinking about clothing, and um, um, I have a, a dear, wonderful wife, and she knows how to make herself look beautiful. I think she's beautiful. And, and it's okay if you disagree, but you know what? You're, you can be wrong. It's okay. And, and you know, I, I, I think that may, maybe, it's, uh, I'm, maybe it's not something we should be talking about, the difference between men and women. But I'm just going to that. It seems to me that, that for the most part, you know, women think more about their outfits than guys do. In fact, my wife has to approve, basically, what I wear just as much as what she wears. And, and I was thinking, you know, so you people of the female persuasion, it says here Solomon, but, you know, he had a lot of women in his life. Too many. But they all had good clothes to wear. They all were dressed to the nines, and they always, you know, were always looking, looking pretty good. Pretty good. And so you can, it, just because it says Solomon, you don't, it's Solomon and his, and his peeps, okay? Everybody in his world, in his house, they all uh, knew how to dress. But Jesus is comparing nature, the beauty of nature, and says, you know what? They're, you know, Solomon and his women, they didn't look any better than the flowers of the field. And, and so then coming back to verse 30, again, speaking about what you're worth. And I'm just going through here, just highlighting some of the teaching in this scripture. Um, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And so therefore, he's thinking about all of these things we should notice. We should think about these things. And so that, he says this, that is why, therefore, do not worry. It's not just an empty phrase, but it's, it's based on this kind of logic, this kind of teaching, and the reality, again, of, of our worth in God's eyes. Therefore, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Uh, because after all these things, verse 32, after all these things, the Gentiles seek. That is, the people that live their life outside of faith in God. Now, the word Gentile doesn't literally mean that. It means someone who's not a Jew. But it, it's in, in the spiritual realm, that's the teaching here. All of those who order their life outside the worship and belief in God. He says this, For your Father knows that you need all of these things. God is with us. God is with you. God values you. God cares for you. And so there's reasons, there's good reasons why Jesus says, listen, don't worry. Do not be anxious. And now that may be easy for him to say and hard for us just to say, okay, I'll stop. You know? But I, I want to give you some, some handles that you can grab a hold of here in your life. And, and I just want to encourage you, sometimes when we've been struggling with anxiety and fear, and it almost feels like, well, it's coming upon me, and I didn't have anything to do with it, and, and so therefore, there's nothing I can do about it. Well, I, I, I disagree with that, and I believe that there's some handles in the Bible, and I believe God wants to help us and wants to make our hearts burn within us when we hear this kind of teaching 
from the Word of God. And the first thing that I'd like to point out, and it's not really found in these, uh, these passages, but there's a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 6, and it says this, Contentment, true godliness with contentment, is in itself great wealth. Contentment with life, contentment with what we have in life, contentment with our place in life, contentment with our relationships, contentment. Now we realize that, you know, there's more to it than that, and we want to, you know, we want to get ahead, we want to work hard, and that's actually coming. That teaching is just is coming. But it, there's an underlying sense of, you know what, I, I'm content with what I have and who I have and where I live. I'm content, and I'm going to be okay, and God is going to look after me because I can trust in Him. I'm content. And there's something about that sort of attitude. And I, I just want to encourage you, maybe even challenge you, if you haven't been feeling content, maybe think about, okay, let's, how, do you, how do you get from where I am dissatisfied, I'm not saying I'm dissatisfied, I'm just saying how do we get from dissatisfaction to contentment, and a lot of it has to do with being grateful and gratitude, and maybe think about some things that you can be grateful for, and, and um, you know, I, I say this sometimes when I'm helping people in their relationships, you know, consider, you know, three things that you can be thankful for about that person. Consider three things that you can be thankful for about your house. Consider three things that you can be thankful for about the food you've had in the past month. Okay? Because most of us, most of us have had food to eat in the last month, and, it's, and, and, and we're actually okay. We wonder about, like I said, we wonder about the future. So we build contentment with thanksgiving. We build contentment with thanksgiving. The second thing is this whole issue of of trust and noticing notice the birds of the field and uh, look at Jesus said look at the birds of the air uh, but I want to say something about this because it's not just well the birds of the air they're not just flying around like having a good time like having a you know a tour of, of the of the area but they're actually usually birds are on their way somewhere and for the most part they are working they, they're actually working they're, they're, they, you know, said, it's been said that the early bird gets the worm, and so they tell us, well, we should get up early and go to work. But I, I feel like I, I don't want to get up early and get the worm. I'm going to sleep in and go for the bacon, right? So, but, uh, you know, the birds are literally working hard, but they're not worried about it. And that's what we need to be thinking about. We're stewards of what God has given us. We still, we're stewards of the life God has given us. We're stewards of the freedom we have in this country. We're stewards of these things, and we, should, we, we need to be working. Just like Adam and Eve, they worked in the garden before the curse, right? Before the curse came, they were working in the garden, tending it. But, of course, it wasn't a cursed land, and so it was a whole different kind of uh, results. And, and so I was thinking about this, and I, I was thinking about a virtuous woman, and, and my wife is a virtuous woman, and, uh, and, and she's a hard worker. And, it, you know, it says here in Proverbs 31, uh, the virtuous woman goes to inspect the field and buys it. Now, that's, that's unexpected in the, uh, you know, sort of the, the man-centric economies 
uh, of those days. But here we have a woman in business, dealing with business. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She's energetic and strong, a hard worker, and she makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. And here we have a, you know, an admonition to be working. Even though we're not meant to be worried, we look at the birds of the air and realize they're working. They're just not worried about it. They're, but they're busy. They're busy working. And so we need to have, understand that we are stewards. And I just want to put, put this out here in this sort of category of, of being stewards. There's a lot of fear as well around the issue of tithing in church. A lot of times we're afraid to start tithing, which means to give God the first and best of our income. Uh, but there's a lot of fear that, you know, I'm not going to have enough if I give God the, the, the tithe. But I would like to encourage you not to be fearful in that area as well. In fact, the only place in the Word of God that we're told that we should test God is in this area of tithing. And he says, listen, I want you to test me, prove me, and see if I don't pour out the windows of heaven to bless you if you're tithing. And I just want to encourage you with that. And that's, that's all I'm going to do. So that was even shorter than a commercial on TV. But I think it's important for us to realize that that, that fear cannot, that fear will rob us as we rob God. And it's important for us to, to, uh, to realize that God is faithful. We can put our trust in him. So contentment and trust, and then know your value. And, and the question that Jesus asked, it's a rhetorical question, are you not more valuable than all of those. And, and I want to just talk to you about value and how do we evaluate things. And I was thinking about how we evaluate, okay, we evaluate property, for example, the last, uh, the last year in real estate in southern British Columbia has been, well, in many places around the world, but especially here, it just went crazy. The same house, the same property, all of a sudden because people valued it differently, it all of a sudden became worth more. And how do you and I establish how much we are worth? Do we think about what we think about ourselves? We look in the mirror and we're not happy with what we see. We look at our bank account, we're not happy with what we see. And so we think our value is, we look at how many friends we have, whatever it is we look at to evaluate ourselves. But I want to encourage you to let God be the one who judges your value. And he's not a foolish shopper, but he paid the price for you and me. What value did God place on you but the very life and the blood of his son? And another way to value things and reason to value things is how they're made and what kind of quality they are. And even the name, if you look at some paintings and have the right name on it, even if you don't like the painting, it's worth more because it's got the right name on it. And, and I, I don't know if you'll be able to see it. Oh, it's already up there. Um, can, can you see that middle name there? It says Stradivarius. And, and I, was, I was looking online at prices of violins, and you can get a violin, sort of an entry-level violin, probably cheaper used, but new. At Long & McQuaid, they're about $450, and they have some that range up to $7,000. Now, if I played the $450 one, 
where if I played the $7,000 one, you wouldn't like either one of those. And, and then I was looking at, at this online. The strata, there's a Stradivarius uh, that's according to um, the Smithsonian, Smithsonian Magazine. The instrument's value is estimated at $20 million. And it looks like that. Like it looks like the $450 one. It looks at like the $7,000 one. And it looks, well, it looks like the $20 million one. And it's, it's, uh, it's quite the thing. But it's all about the name and who created you. Whose name is on your life? Whose image are you in? God created me. I'm worth something. I'm worth something because, I, my, you know, his name is, is in my heart. And I've received him, and, and he loves me. He loves me, and, and I have that value. Know your value. And that gives us, okay, okay we can relax just a little bit because we're going to be all right because our value is high. Two reasons why. Because God paid that for you, and he created you through, the, through those, those two different ways we understand our value. Third, or fourthly, it's, it's priorities. Jesus said this. He said, seek. Well, life is worth more than food and body, more than clothing. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and then all these other things will, will come along, will, will follow you. Seek the kingdom. You know, sometimes what we do is we think about all the stuff that could go wrong and is wrong, and we think about COVID, and we think about, you know, uh, we think about the Ukraine. We, we think about... Uh, identity issues and whether or not the government's going to allow us to teach our kids that there's just a boy and a girl and nothing else. You know, we, take, we think of all of these things that are, that are difficult in life, and they are. But we need to seek first God's kingdom. We need to be looking at God's word and allowing his word to fill our thoughts and our minds and our hearts. We don't forget about the things that are what we might call reality. But understand that there's a higher reality, the kingdom of God. And one thing will be lasting forever, and the other thing is temporary. And uh, last but not least is, is generosity. And that is, that is something that's very important, because it, it's like it, what it does, it, it's, it's an outward, very practical action that we can make if we're concerned about money now, we do, if we're concerned about money, we don't give the rent money away, okay? But what we can do is, is you know, buy someone a, a, a Timmy's card or a Starbucks card, in my case, or, or what, you know, whatever it is that we can do, we can perhaps give something that we already have in our house, and we, we might be able to, you know, buff it up and make it look really nice and give something away that's, that's used to someone else. We can be generous with our time. We can be generous with our resources. We can, we can allow that sort of other-focused mentality to be there. It says here in Luke, it says, store up treasure for yourself in heaven by being generous. Now, you, you can maybe feel like, well, that's just, you know, that, that's not very practical. Well, just remember that this is temporary, and then heaven is forever. And so if you want to make a really good investment, invest in heaven. 
You know what's way better than Bitcoin? Okay. Up, down, up, down. But it's, it's, uh, it's very important for us to understand these five things. The contentment, the stewardship, trusting in God, knowing our value, knowing our priorities, having our priorities straight, and, and being generous people. Now, you can, you can nod, and you know what? I, I don't think you'll find fault in what I'm saying here. But you and I, what we need to do is have our hearts burning within us about this and let this grip our hearts, let this really affect our, not only our mind and say, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah, thanks for sharing that, Pastor Mike. But really, let our emotions dig in here. And maybe you've been struggling with this fear about your financial future. And, you know, we have to be that early bird. We have to be the one who follows through with business, that whatever the business is, but we aren't meant to be worried about the future. And so if perhaps you're worried about other things. Perhaps you've been gripped by other sorts of anxiety. Sometimes it's, it's like I, I was talking to someone and they were saying, well, I feel depressed. I'm not even sure why. Well, let's allow the Holy Spirit to come into that. Let's give that worry. Let's give that anxiety to the Lord. And maybe he can sort that out. Maybe God will speak to you in the next three minutes. Maybe God will show you wisdom. Maybe God will help you in your life just in the next three minutes. In fact, I'm going to ask you, if you would, to stand with me right now. Let's just pray. And perhaps you're here today and, uh, you know, you, you, you just really need God to do something in your life. Maybe it's totally related to the message. Maybe it's unrelated to the message. But why don't you just stretch out your hand to the Lord right now, and I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, we are looking for real answers here. We don't want to just live in the doldrums, just trying to get by somehow in spite of all the worry and all the fear. But Lord, we give you all of our anxieties. We give you all of our fears, all of our insecurities. Lord, thank you that we are worth something to you. Lord, thank you that you care about us, that you're going to look after us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, give us a generous heart. Help me to sort out my priorities and put the kingdom of God first. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Lord, we're here today. We thank you for your grace in our lives. In Jesus' name. If that's something you want to say amen to, go ahead and say it out loud, even at home. Now, while we're standing in this in this way, perhaps I could ask you just to continue this, keep this a private moment, but maybe you're here today and you, you can't really say that you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You can't really say that you've given your life to him. Is there anyone here that would, that would like me to pray for you right now? If you'd like to receive Christ, just show me by lifting up your hand. If you'd like to 
get initiated into God's family. Is there anyone here today? Just raise your hand and I'll pray for you. Okay, thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Heavenly Father, I thank you. Lord, you love each and every one of us. And we've all maybe heard this before, but maybe we could just pray together out loud. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I pray that you'll come into my life right now and make me new from the inside out. I want to serve you. I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. Make me new, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Make me clean on the inside. And help me to live for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible is very clear that says anyone who comes to God, he will not cast them away. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you receive us. You receive all of us so freely. And like you said, do not fear little flock because it gives the Father great pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you.